Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am here with Trent Smallwood today. I'm Blaine Gilmer, and we are going to be bringing you, like I said, another episode here of Rumors versus Facts as we talk all things UGA football recruiting. And, uh, you know, Trent, not only recruiting, but Georgia 10 and 0, first time since 1982. I mean, it's a, it's a, Fine time for the Georgia Bulldogs right now, both on the trail and on the field. Yeah, definitely. And not only do they sit ten and zero, but they got they got a couple games coming up, which they should be favored by a lot of points and should be able to handle. So you're looking at a team that's uh, you know uh, on the brink of going twelve and zero, uh, and I don't think that's happened uh, in a long time at the University of Georgia. So it's something to be excited about uh, going towards. Um, the SEC championship and uh, and maybe the playoffs. Um, I, I think I think Georgia with, with the Oklahoma loss has put Georgia in a good uh, position to to go to the SEC or go to the playoffs, um, even if they was to slip up in that SEC championship. So, a lot of uh, bright things coming from not on the recruiting trail but on the field as well. Oh, no doubt. And I think uh, you know a lot of people were under the impression if they made it past Tennessee, uh, that team, you know with that high-powered offense that they would be able to basically lock up a playoff spot if they handle business, of course. And I know they're not going to take anybody uh, for granted, of course. That's just not how this team operates. But to your point, you know, two teams that they should be able to handle business, that is going to have a little bit of an impact on recruiting here because it's going to be an opportunity maybe if Georgia's able to to take the lead and, and handle business like they should to showcase some of that depth and some of that young talent, some of the freshmen that that haven't burned, you know, won't be in danger of burning red shirts and things like that, that'll get to get to play in some of these games. Maybe see some, uh, you know, Xavion Sori and also some uh, Smile Mundans and people like that um, that can play some more extensive reps in these types of games. Yeah, and I think it might be an opportunity to to maybe get Brock Vandegriff into a game, uh, and maybe even play a whole quarter, and maybe let him toss around the football a little bit. Um, it, it's a bunch of guys, you know. It goes all the way down the list, but it it will be an opportunity to get those guys in. Uh, you mentioned Sorry, uh, I'm excited to see him um, because I, because this is your next. You know, Georgia's losing a ton on that defense, and this is your next group of guys coming in that that's gonna you know kind of take over next year and. It'd be good to get them some reps and uh, and you know be ready going into the spring. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And uh, you know when you're talking about what Georgia could potentially you know be losing, they went down with some some guys in the middle of that defense, right? They went down, you know, Devontae Wyatt went down a few times during that game, and you saw guys like uh, Zion Logue and, and Warren Brinson get in there. So it just kind of shows you that. Those guys are not slouches of football players. It's just the fact that Georgia is so deep right now, and that is because of recruiting that we talk in week in and week out. And some people think that, oh, it's just Charleston Southern, you know, this week and stuff. But Georgia still views this as a as a big opportunity to, to bring in talented recruits and things like that. And uh, they're doing, doing so with, uh, you know, Sean Washington coming in for an official visit. They've got DJ Lagway, who's a 2024 quarterback that we uh, highlighted on here last week from Texas. That is an unbelievable prospect. I don't know what's going on with the state of Texas in 2024, Trent, but you've got uh, uh, Riola and and Lagway both there who are unbelievable prospects. Oh yeah, and and I, I think this is uh, uh, something we talk about 
you know, on a weekly basis is being able to take advantage of situations that are happening uh, at certain was at certain teams, you know, um, the LSU, um, yeah. Florida's and, and now, you know, Texas, they, they're, I'm not even sure they have, they won a big 12 game. Um, they haven't won many. So, um, you know, you got a chance to take it, take advantage of those situations and, uh, and Georgia getting into Texas would be huge, especially moving forward, you know, in 23 and 24, and they got a prime opportunity to do so. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, going forward here, we're looking also not only are there some visitors coming in, but, uh, you know, like a guy who they just recently offered in the class of 2023 that, Trent, there's going to be some players now in this class of 2023, especially. I know Rivals is about to do a big re-rankings and things like that, that you're going to see some guys that were maybe under the radar climb up into those rankings and things like that. And one guy that we pointed out last week was Javante Vereen, a tight end who uh, is from North Carolina that is 6'4", 210, and runs like a deer. I mean, catches everything. He'll be there this week, only just a week after Georgia offered him uh, Todd Hartley. And, you know, that's saying a lot to get an offer from Todd Hartley, in that, especially in that class of 2023, Trent, because – Todd Hartley is not someone that just offers a lot of people, right? I mean, he he offers only guys that he wants to go after. And, of course, they already have Pierce Sperlin there. They're going to end up taking two tight ends in the class of 2023. But with, you know, already having offers out to Neo Avery and to Lawson Lucky, I think it says a lot that that Todd Hartley thought enough about Javante Vereen to go out and, and offer him. Yeah, and you got you know uh, a certain central, I mean not central, uh, uh, Collins Hill, uh, the guy that could play you know tight end as well. Um, but yeah, Ethan Davis, Ethan Davis. But yeah, you know Hartley's kind of the the type of guy that he's going to extend three or four um, you know offers and to to guys that he wants, and then that's going to be his guy. He's like, you're my guy. I mean, that's kind of what he did with Oscar Delp. He kind of zeroed in on Oscar Delp, didn't send that many more offers. And the offers he did send out, you know, he, he he they were aware that you know if something falls through with Oscar Delp, then we're going to go that way. So uh, he kind of knows uh, what he wants and and at the position at, at that position, and uh, that's what he goes after. And you know, tied in for Georgia, they've been used. Uh, I mean, I, they had three on the field a lot last uh, uh, this past weekend against Tennessee, um, and you got to like what he, what they're doing with them, especially Brock Bowers, the way they're using him. They probably didn't want the two in the end zone in the same area that they were yeah, on that not. one throw. They probably wanted those tight ends spread out a little bit right there. But I, I don't, I'm not sure who ran the wrong route there. But uh, there was definitely more traffic than I think they wanted tight end wise there. But no doubt that Georgia's changing the game here in terms of how tight ends are used. And you know, Trent with uh, Darnell Washington definitely coming back for at least one more year, and Brock Bowers, and then what they're bringing in in Oscar Delp that tight end room next year is going to be, I think, undisputed the, the best in the country. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I, I, a year older, Darnell Washington, a healthy Darnell Washington to start the year. I, I'm still not, you know, sure he's 100%. You still see him hobbling every once in a while with that foot. Um, and then another year of Brock Bowers. I mean, I, the, in my opinion, Brock Bowers is the most talented tight end in the country just from a, a, a athletic standpoint. Um, I mean, just look what how how they're getting in the ball. You know, they're running end arounds with them. They're they're doing a little bit of everything. You know, tight end screens, and uh, and he almost hauled that one down the the sideline that you know Stetson missed the pass a little bit, but could have been a touchdown. So uh, he's you know he that's, they know what type of tight ends they're looking for. They're utilizing them all, and uh, and, and that's really going to help you know and, and recruiting wise moving forward. 
No doubt. And, and, you know, before we wrap up on that position, Lawson Lucky had a big game last week for Norcross. I think he had two touchdowns in their first first round win. Now they've got to head down to Lowndes County, which will be a big, big test for them, of course, coming up in this next week. But there's some high school football action. I know uh, before we get to our questions here, I know you're planning on going to see Darius Smith as he comes into your neck of the woods. Uh, I think they're coming up to Cherokee Bluff, aren't they? Yep. Yeah. So uh, 11 and 0 Cherokee Bluff. Yeah, uh, they're they're region region champs, Cherokee Bluff, and uh, they actually had a guy that visited Georgia not too long. Sebastian Irons, who's their quarterback, he he made a visit to Georgia. Not to not that there's anything there, but uh, but he's a good good football player. But Darius Smith is going to be coming up there with Appling County, so Trent will be watching there. I've actually decided I'm going to go and watch the the Grayson Denmark game. Uh, there's there's a tackle at Denmark. It hasn't been offered by Georgia yet, but he has been offered by several SEC schools. He's six foot six, two hundred ninety five pounds. His name's uh, I think it's Shamrod Murov. He's it's a very uh, unconventional name there, but uh, Shamrod. I'm gonna go watch watch him, and then of course that Grayson team with JoJo Stone, with Walt Claire Flynn, with Michael Daughtery, all these big time prospects that Grayson has. We'll be covering those guys and seeing what's going on there. And I think Jed uh, may end up making the trip to uh, see North Cobb take on Roswell. So UGA Sports will be uh, fanned out across the state, taking in games this week of GHS GHSA playoff action. Um, so if you have any questions about that throughout the week or anything that you want to talk to us over on the UGA Sports vault, then uh, go ahead and submit those, of course. And uh, – you know, did want to mention, as you see scrolling at the bottom of the screen, the show's presented by Dead Soxy. Uh, they they make great quality socks, guys. I've actually got several pairs of my own now. i got a, a little uh, bag or a little box that was provided to me by Roddy to kind of, uh, you know, test them out and see what, what it was all about. And I can tell you they're worth it. I've seen them in several stores around the northeast Georgia uh, area that I've been in. So check out those guys, uh, Dead Soxy. And there's plenty of promo codes and things like that over on the website that you can get to get some good uh, quality gear. They've got some alumni packages coming out. Um, they were made by, you know, old Miss fans, but now they're, they're branching out and putting, you know, Georgia colors, all that kind of stuff out there. So dead Soxy, thank them for sponsoring the show. And uh, Trent, before we get into the questions, last thing, we haven't really done a show since uh, Raymond Cottrell flipped to, to Georgia from Florida. And then of course, Julian Humphrey not too not too long ago as well. So uh, you know Kirby Smart just continues to stick the knife in and twist it on Dan Mullen after that uh, beatdown down in Jacksonville. Yeah, for sure. I I, I don't think he's done. Um, you know, uh, you know, Florida Florida is on a you know a downhill track to say the least. You know, lose uh, they were losing forty two to twenty eight in the first half to Samford. Uh, it's just not a good look down there right now. And and a lot of recruits are taking notice. You know, they don't know the uh, way well, they fired the defense coordinator, fired their offensive line coach, and now you know you go the next week and you play. What what is the staff look like moving forward? And I think a lot of recruits are hesitant on that. And that's another situation that Kirby's taking full advantage of. And I know that he's enjoying taking advantage of this situation. Well, also, Trent, there's it's not just recruits either. Uh, I'm not at liberty to say any names at this moment in time, but there's several uh, players on that Florida roster that were recruited by the University of Georgia and are from the Peach State and are already, you know, thinking about 
exit strategies should uh, should a change that seems inevitable go down. So you could see Georgia maybe even poach a couple of transfers from the Gators. Yeah, and I mean that Georgia was in uh, on a lot of Florida guys too that are from Florida. You, uh, Kyrie Elam, um, I mean, just, just a, a ton of kids down there that that Georgia was you know in the mix for that are that are some of the kids that are playing uh, for the Gators right now that that Georgia would have interest in. And, uh, and I know there's some kids at LSU as well. So I, I think Kirby's going to work the transfer portal. He's going to leave some spots open uh, in this class, no doubt to, to, to poach on those, uh, that tra- those transfer portal. It'll, it'll be like uh, kind of like last year. You were going to look what position is in need. What guys do we, uh, you know, what guys transfer out or what, who do I lose to the draft? And then kind of uh, fill my needs with there with the transfer portal. No doubt. And uh, speaking of, speaking of all that, we're going to hit a bunch of those things here on the question. So I'm going to go ahead and throw those up here. Pine Tree, our loyal uh, questioner here, Pine Tree 1 from the vault, are Shamar Stewart and Marvin Jones trending away? Uh, in your opinion, are we set at DEOB or the edge position in this class with Madden, Smith, and Williams? So, uh, Trent, I'll, I'll let you touch on the other two, the the first two here in a second. But I'm going to say I think if Georgia were to finish this class with only C.J. Madden, Darius Smith, and Michael Williams, it would not be a disappointing class by any means. Those are three extremely talented edge rushers, and I think C.J. Madden is going to grow into someone that it does a lot of different things at his time as Georgia. He's not going to be ready right away because he's been asked to do different things and he's had to, you know, he sat out a year of high school um, due to ineligibility and things like that. So it's going to take him a little time to adjust, but the freak athleticism and the length and things like that, I think is going to pay off there. And of course, everybody knows what they're getting in Smith and Williams. Um, You know, Trent, what's your opinion on that? And then of course you can touch on Shamar Stewart and Marvin Jones. I do think Shamar is trending more towards Texas A&M right now. Um, you know, Texas A&M is going to have a good class. They, they've they've been in on a lot of guys, uh, unless they just totally uh, botch. You know, the last you know downhill stretch to not next Sunday, they're going to sign a very good class. Marvin Jones was, uh, you know, Florida State's in it big. Florida State had a big win over Miami. I, I still think Georgia's, you know, working there. I, I, Georgia's working to get him on campus, but uh, and I, I do think he will visit again. But Florida State, you know, has some momentum now, uh, just just for the fact they beat Miami. That is a home state school, and you know he's he's uh he's he's kind of feeling that vibe right now. But um, uh, trending away, you know, this is going to come down to to the last month of the season, uh, last month for early signing day. I guess we are at last month, but it's going to come down to December visits. You know, Georgia's the last be, days. <laughs> yeah, the Georgia's going to be playing. You know, all the way up you know, with the SEC championship, all the way up to that last weekend before uh, uh, National Signing Day, or the you know the week before National Signing Day. So they're going to have basically one visit, one weekend, and I'm sure they're going to have a lot of these guys on campus that last weekend before signing day, and it's going to come down to that weekend or the couple of days after that weekend. So uh, I wouldn't necessarily say trending away, but I would I would say you know there's some teams that's got some momentum right now. Yeah, and no doubt, um, you know, talking about these are high school kids, you know, right? And, and we, we've always said that, you know, it's not that that one game between, you know, two teams that are recruiting somebody's going to make a difference, but trends do. And, you know, there's always been this this trend, this negative recruiting, right, against Georgia a little bit when it comes to who? Alabama, right? Well, and that Marvin Jones is also being pursued by Alabama as well. 
if Georgia is able to go to that SEC championship game and and handle business against an Alabama team uh, the way they've come so close to doing two times uh, before, Trent, there's no telling what that does for recruiting right there with this you know, Kirby being able to say, hey, we broke the, we, you know, we broke the wall down now and, and it's Katie bar the door. You know, Kirby's classes have been good and I, and I'm still waiting to the day and it could be here in about uh, four or three weeks that, that it happens, but I'm still waiting on the day to see what happens after Georgia takes over Alabama on the field um, because recruiting and they still, they've still been head to head, you know, it's been close, but this, this recruiting could really take off if, if Georgia starts to 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 knock off Alabama on the field. They could it could really start taking off if, even more. Absolutely. Now another question here we have about Jay Doggy says is Jordan James keeping his options open by not signing on uh, early signing day? Who would the staff target if James waivers in his recruitment? Well, according to uh, you know Jed May, our, our colleague Jed May. Jed's not with us tonight. He's uh, doing do, had some other stuff going on um that that he had to take care of but jordan james told jed may when he went up to see him uh play a couple of weeks ago that he would be signing on national signing day early signing day um i don't think that he's in a process of keeping options open or anything like that but you know trent i i, I just think he's gonna sign he's just not gonna enroll early yeah i i Everything that I've heard from uh, sources that says that he's going to sign early but not enroll early, and there's a handful of those guys. Uh, even Branson Robinson's not going to sign. Um, he's going to sign early but not enroll early. Uh, there's a few of those guys, but um, you know, you go, you look at these. What the commit list right now? If if a commit don't sign early now, uh, majority of the time he is looking around or he's being. Uh, asked to look around and uh, and it happens every year and I'm not calling that any names but it happens every year and uh and so so we'll see moving closer to signing day what what's going on but you know everything that I've heard is he plans on uh, signing early and just not enrolling early absolutely I think if there would be someone that for some reason something happened they did target another running back they they had Demari Austin on campus you know not long ago the Auburn commit Woodward Academy a big matchup this week between Woodward Academy and Blessed Trinity in the second round of the playoffs uh, Demari Austin is a tremendous running back and they're they haven't offered him yet uh you know just because I I think they uh, I I don't know I don't think they want to mess with anything they got right now going on but it's never hurts to make contact with guys because you never know who's going to end up where who transfers where all that kind of stuff so it's uh you know just good for I think Georgia to pursue that and keep their op- options open and Del McGee's always thinking you know five steps ahead anyway so that's uh that's that there Jay Doggy uh, whiskey and weed which commit has had the best senior season? Trent, uh, who, who, which commit do you think has had the best senior <laughs> season? I mean, I don't know how to, you know, handpick it. I think they've all uh, – Oscar Depp's had a great senior season. Um, you know uh, – I mean, of course you could say Gunnar Stockton, but I, I think – Yeah, that's a that's a kind of a given. Uh, I mean, it, it goes down the list. I'm trying to think of everybody who's on uh, – I know that uh, – Dare Smith had a great senior season at, at several different positions. He plays wide receiver. He plays defensive end. He plays several positions. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him Friday night. I mean, I, it, I, I don't know who's had the best. Uh, I mean, I, it'd be hard to say who has the best, but they've all they've all had outstanding season. And 
unless injuries have occurred. But um, yeah, I uh, think I think uh, you know Dylan Bell. Dylan Bell's the name, yeah. And and Jacory Thomas are two names that stuck out to me in terms of man, uh, they just really, really performed every Friday night doing multiple things for their teams, uh, carrying, you know, touching the ball in different ways, uh, you know, being mixed in on defense and Ja'Cory Thomas's, you know, case and things like that, playing both ways, um, doing special team stuff. So they really did a lot for their their teams this year, and I think those are two guys that would be mentioned. But like I said, uh, you know, in terms of a pure numbers standpoint, Gunnar Stockton, I mean, he, he gets to – he gets to play the whole game against uh, you know teams, and they they you know just pound them into oblivion. So that that stat sheet gets filled up pretty good there for Gunner. And Mal- um, Malachi Starks fills it up pretty good too. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, Pine Tree one, who are our top two current commits in your opinion? So Trent, if you were just going to say the top two guys that you think uh, you know are the best f- commits right now for Georgia, who who are your guys you're going with? I'd have to go with Malachi Starks. And uh, dang, I don't know. Uh, Branson Robinson, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you on Malachi Starks. I, that was the first one that came to my mind, and then my my other two that I went back and forth with was okay, uh, potential of what I see at the next level or immediate need and fit and. My other one that I thought was it was between Bear Alexander and Oscar Delt because I just see Oscar Delt being whatever Brock Bowers has been this year. I see Oscar Delt not being very far behind in terms of the capability to do that. Who knows? He probably won't get as many targets and things like that because Bowers is going to be there and because it's a different team and scenario, but he certainly has the ability to do so. But I think Bear Alexander is a guy who could come in and, and play first week like against Oregon next year I think Barry, Barry Alexander could be on the field yeah I mean and you, you still you still have Gunnar Stockton who's uh you, you've seen how the, the kind of the Georgia offense has gone this year they've gone more to the the quarterback that can run the ball they can run a lot of RPOs and uh you know and that Gunnar's a guy that can fit that mold so um you know you get you, you got a bunch of you're talking about a Georgia class any in pretty much every year you ask who the best two commits are it's hard because it, I mean the majority of the time they got 20 or 22 absolute studs in their in their class no doubt no doubt uh CTS 44044 says which targets are planning on committing during the all-american game and which targets do you see committing before the SEC championship game love the show keep up the good work go dogs so we appreciate that CTS uh 44044 appreciate that but um you know Trent I know the one that sticks out is Kristen Miller has told us repeatedly that he's going to be committing during the the uh the arm used to be the army all-american I think it's the just the all-american bowl now um he's going to be committing during that I, I can't think of any others off the top of my head that are going to be waiting out to just specifically for that game uh I know that you Seems know like- in turn Marvin Jones might be waiting. Yeah, um, Marvin Jones might be waiting. Uh, I, I think in terms of, you know, the guys who could commit before, there's guys there that are really close in terms of Kristen, Kristen Miller, even though we just said he would announce he could commit at any time, I truly believe. I think he, he's right there with Georgia on that. I think Singletary is, is right there, could commit 
Uh, basically, at his leisure, Kamari Wilson is really just, I think, taking advantage of visits and just going around at this point in time. I uh, feel like he could commit at uh, at any time. But, you know, I think Singletary would be the closest. And then maybe one of those 2023 tight ends, whether it's a Neo Avery or a Lawson Lucky, could be guys that could commit before the uh, SEC championship. Possibly, um, you know, they're, they're also working hard on, on Madden Sanker in that class, people like that. So, uh, very interesting. Braden Joyner came out today and said Auburn and Georgia is last two. I think that may have swung, uh, swung more towards uh, Auburn here recently, but who knows on all that. Uh, uh, any more 2022 guys that you think could be on the cusp of of uh, committing here soon? I, I'm just looking at the wide receivers. You know, they're, they're still after three or four. Uh, I guess it's really down to, you know, two or three wide receivers that they're really going after and, and I'm not sure the timelines here, but uh, Chaz Preston will be one to watch come in December, and uh, and we'll look for a couple other names coming. I, mean, I think I think you until the pen hits the paper, you still have to look at Luther Burden and see you know what happens yeah, here. And, and yeah, by no means do I do I think that he's flipping to Georgia, but but by no means do I feel like it's over. Um, and it's it's. I still think George is in it. I think George is talking to him, communicating with him. But uh, you know, it, it's and one of those things like we talked about with Travis Hunter in the past. This is it's just it, he's a five star name. It with, with his connections to where he's committed at. It's, if it happens, it'll be a late you know a tor- towards early signing day. No doubt. Sandbar bathroom. What's the word with James Pierce? Senior highlights are filled. They said the the defensive end out of uh state of North Carolina, three-star right now um, on rivals, but a guy who could be a late riser in the rankings is really – he's got great length and athleticism. I know Georgia uh, likes him there, Sam Barr. I know Georgia likes him, but, uh, Trent, do you have any more info on uh, on James Pierce at this time? No, I think they're – you know, when coming to recruiting, you got to monitor – everything that, that goes on with recruits. And I think there is some uh, academic stuff he has to catch up on before. Uh, that, and he might not even be a guy that, that signs early necessary. He, he could be one of those guys that they push back to to um, February signing day and, and kind of approach it then. But, um, you know, I, I think, I think Georgia really likes him. I think, I think he's a guy that, that Georgia would like to have in this class, but I, I do think there is some academic stuff that he has to catch up on. No doubt, no doubt. And then uh, RP11296. Heard Julian H. is now recruiting. Julian Humphrey is now recruiting hard for Georgia, and some are listening. Have you heard of some of the names he's trying to pull? Well, here's the thing with Julian Humphrey. If you follow him on social media, he doesn't make things uh, very – he doesn't leave much to the imagination, right? Like, for two weeks, everybody knew he was committing to Georgia. I mean, he's posting – Georgia pictures and all this kind of stuff for two weeks uh, leading up to the commitment. Everybody knew, hey, this is this is going down because the, the guy's just feeling Georgia and he's not shy about it. Um, I think, Trent, that he posted a picture with uh, Jonel Aguero, Aguero and uh, Kamari Wilson. So those are two players that obviously are in his uh, uh, crosshairs, so to speak. And he, he even – I was kind of pseudo taking credit for – uh, the walk-on from IMG that that committed uh, tonight. I think his name's Terrell Foster, a walk-on that I admittedly did not know uh, much about. Uh, we we saw that commitment come through, and we're like, oh, this has to be a, 
a walk on commitment and reached out and found that's what it was. But he was even taking credit for that at this point. So he's he's the uh, typical DB that is uh, already learning the the art of talking a little junk right here. Yeah, and they already had you know two or three really uh, cowbells uh, leading the way and just adding Julian as a uh, just another step in the right direction. You, you know, and, and it shows up on the field you know, in the later years, like they are this year, that you got the juniors and seniors and the, you're really seeing a lot of leadership and you, you see these, you see that leadership start when it starts in recruiting classes. You saw Richard LeCount, you saw uh, Jake Fromm, see what that recruit, recruiting class turned into. You see what happened, you know, they, they almost uh, led them to a national championship or led them to the national championship game. So you see that leadership really uh, stand out on recruiting trail and it's fun to watch it, you know, move into their, their years. But he, he really is. I saw him tweet at Christian Miller tonight. And uh, he's he's uh, he's going to be vocal, no doubt about it. And he's going to try to pull Singletary. And uh, you know, you talked about the IMG walk on this. This Georgia's really getting their foot in the door in IMG, and and that that is another thing to watch moving forward. Uh, over if the you're next getting walk ons, if you're getting walk ons from IMG, that's changing your uh, your roster complexion a little bit there. Yeah, just a little bit. So that that's uh that's good stuff to follow there, but yeah, definitely guys like Jalen Walker and Alan Morissette, uh, now Oscar Delp since he's been committed. Even even to be honest with you, Oscar Delp before he was committed was already doing because Oscar Delp I think knew for a while that he was going to be uh, going to the University of Georgia. Just uh, kind of took his time on announcement, and he's been recruiting guys as well. So it is a uh, is it's definitely an interesting dynamic there. Dog bite you. What is happening with Singletary? I know silence is supposedly supposedly golden, but it sure seems awfully quiet as far as UGA is concerned. I just don't see much to be worried about there. You know, uh, Trent, I, I think that that Georgia's in a great place with Jaheim Singletary, especially having gotten him back on campus uh, yet another time uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I, it, Singletary is not one that he's, he's quite the opposite of uh, Julian Humphrey. He's not a vocal one on uh, necessarily on Twitter or as vocal. And he's, uh, you know, he, he's kind of kept this to himself throughout this whole process. He's not been very vocal. He committed to Ohio State, but then he kind of backed off that pledge. And ever since then, he hasn't been extremely vocal with everything. So I wouldn't, uh, you know, look at him being quiet as a, a reason for concern. I think Georgia. Uh, he's not being quiet to Georgia. He's, he's still communicating with Georgia continuously. Um, I think the, the George can, uh, is communicating with the family continuously, and I think Georgia uh, is is in a very good place there. Yeah, uh, Will Muschamp, Jamila Die, Kirby Smart, Dan Lanning are all heavily involved in that recruitment there, and uh, even Todd Hartley as well. Todd Hartley for a couple of years, Trent was the one laying the foundation with Jaheim Singletary there. So got to give uh, Hartley a lot of credit there if he does ultimately end up becoming a bulldog as many of us here on uga sports have predicted with future cast already drew yang 96 how likely is it that we georgia end up with shamar james and marvin jones uh, we've already talked about marvin jones georgia's right in the thick of it i think georgia's in an even better position with shamar james at this point trent yeah i think so uh shamar james uh loves loves what georgia's doing on the field he loves what georgia's doing with their linebackers um, and that's another, you know, you look at the defense line and, and we talked about that earlier in the year, look at the defense line dominating and how they're, um, really putting Georgia on the map as far as defense alignment and, and defense alignment took notice. And, and you've seen 
Georgia get, get back in it and pull bear. And now they're doing the same thing with inside linebacker. You know, a lot of inside linebackers want to jump on board. And uh, I think Shamar James is uh, – Georgia sits in a good spot there um, moving down the stretch. Well, that's, also, another, that's another former Florida commit. No doubt, no doubt. And then also, you know, when you talk about Marvin James – uh, let's say Marvin James were to go elsewhere, and let's say that Shamar Stewart were to go elsewhere, and Georgia really doesn't pull any more of the edge guys, right? Well, they have Demario Tolan, who plays outside linebacker right now, that visited a couple weeks ago that has already set an official visit to come, I think, between the SEC championship. So they could be looking at, okay, let's take some of these guys and fortify the middle with, you know, Quay Walker and Shannon Tindall. And Nicobe Dean probably exiting for the NFL after this year. Um, and, you know, fortify the middle, but also have guys who are versatile, like a Tolan, uh, you know, like a Jalen Walker, who can play inside and outside in this class of 2022. And, you know, I'd keep an eye on that. If if Georgia misses out on a, on a Marvin Jones or if they miss out on a Shamar Stewart, just know that there's options there to be creative with some of the inside backer positions, not only in this class, but in the previous class, class of 2021, that Georgia can do some things with, Trent. I'm pretty sure Tolan saw Georgia again this past weekend. I think he was visiting Tennessee. Okay. Um, so uh, he, he's, he's seen Georgia several times. He's seen that defense on display. And, you know, you talk to any of these defensive recruits and you, you ask them, they're like, what defensive player would not want to play for this staff? I mean, you have Muschamp, you have Lanning, you have Kirby, you have uh, – and the list goes on. And 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 I think Georgia fans need to, you know, sit back and take note that this might be Georgia's best defensive staff that they'll ever have. Uh, you know, just kind of looking at it in the big picture, you look back at uh, Saban's staff and he had uh, – uh, was it like 17 or 15 or something like that? And he had all those guys on, on – or 15 because he had all those guys uh, – on his staff, well, it was together. Kirby. It was Kirby Smart. It was uh, Lock was Loxley on there yet? I don't know, but Mario Cristobal was on there. There was yeah. lots of lots of future head coaches uh, that were on that staff for it, sure. So, uh, Mel Tucker, Mel Tucker was on that staff too. Yeah. So you know, you look at the staff and you're like, this, this is something special. Uh, it's it's Georgia's got something special going on uh, in a coaching staff and. Uh, and I think even the offensive staff, I think Todd Munkin's done a great job with what he's had this year with all the injuries and, and you know, losing the guys that he has, losing your left tackle, losing your right guard, losing all the wide receivers they've lost, not having your starting tight end at the beginning of the year. And he's done a good job of, of just keeping that offense going, letting the defense do its thing and uh, putting points on the board. So Georgia's got a special staff in Athens right now and then showing up on the recruiting trail. No doubt. And it, a guy like uh, Todd Hartley – for sure, right? I'm not sure Todd Hartley ever has the aspirations to be a, a head coach. I think he's, you know, a great uh, family guy and, and uh, you know, likes what he's doing. But there's no doubt that he's putting in work over there in terms of recruiting the last couple of years. And he's able to help out with special teams and things like that as well. So, like you said, there's a lot of versatility on this staff. Scuffletown Dog comes to us again. He says, hello, look forward to this every week. We look forward to having you here with us, Scuffletown Dog. So uh, what prospects in 2023 might be trending to Georgia? We talked earlier, I mentioned the name, uh, you know, Madden Sanker. That's one, he's one of the top linemen in the in the class and also a Peach State, you know, guy from uh, over in the Paulding County uh, area over there. I think he's a guy that, that Georgia's all on top of for sure. Justice Haynes is a guy that they that they want very very badly. That'll be a big uh, intriguing matchup between Woodward and Blessed Trinity, as I mentioned 
uh, earlier. Lawson Lucky is a Georgia legacy that they're all over. Um, you know, even another uh, Georgia legacy, Justin Benton on an IMG, they stay close with. So, and then AJ Harris, of course, as well. Trent, is there any other 2023 guys you can think of that maybe there's some momentum behind? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say Arch Manning. So, uh, no, y'all want me to say Arch Manning. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, looking at the list here, um, you know, you Michael get, Daugherty, maybe maybe uh, he's a guy that they've been on for for a good while. And they, Miles McVeigh um, is a guy that they're on really hard. Um, yeah, it's just a ton of a ton of kids. Um, Zachariah, oh no, he, he's he's a big kid though. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of guys that they're that they're working through right now. Even even in terms of uh, you know. Like I said, they've got Pierce Berlin, who's out there being – you, you talked about uh, Jalen Walker and Danalon Morissette being a leader. Well, Pierce Berlin, as the longest you know committed dog, he's out there uh, recruiting a lot of guys. He's out there tweeting it too, Lawson Lucky and things like that. So I think when you turn to guys who are trending towards Georgia, I would say a guy like a Lawson Lucky, a Madden Sanker, a Justice Haynes because he's a, a, a you know Georgia – uh, legacy and he has to like what he sees out of Zamir White and James Cook to this point in the season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and those would be the guys. And, and but you know this this is going to be another class that if, that Georgia can build off of. We you know with with if Georgia can make a serious run here, you know they're already sitting ten and zero, go twelve and zero. Win that if they was to knock Alabama off the you know in the in the SEC championship, and then you're looking at guys that you might can make a run for like uh, Tony Mitchell out of Alabama. So. Uh, yeah. There is a, and Georgia has a chance to to really go on a special run here and uh, on the recruiting trail and on the field. Oh, and uh, Joe Nell Aguayo as well. I mean, yeah. you, you uh, two guys at, at IMG that just popped into to, to my mind, um, Aguayo and also Malik Bryant. Those are two guys, uh, you know, on the defensive side of the ball that that Georgia is constantly staying in contact with, and you know, Georgia as, as well positioned with each one as well. And now, like we said, just more and more commits. There's Barry Alexander, you know, down there recruiting on Georgia's behalf. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of, uh, you know, prospects down there at IMG that, that in many classes that Georgia's kind of trending in good shape with. Yep. Scuffletown did follow up with a question. He said he forgot to ask, especially about Arch Manning with Texas not doing good this year. I don't – it's hard for me to say that about – the Manning family, right? Because when you talk about any other recruit, maybe you say, yes, Texas doing bad. But I think with the perspective that Arch's family has, right, they're able to see things from a, you know, kind of 30,000 foot view and know that, hey, you can't, you can't get too tied in to, to the, to the now you got to see the infrastructure and what they're going to surround you with and all that kind of stuff. So I think he'll handle it, uh, you know, from a, little bit more standoffish type type way what are, what are your thoughts on that trend yeah i don't think it's gonna i mean they're coming to see uh are they comfortable with the offense coordinator that's there you know, are they comfortable with uh you know the relationships they have uh there is a re relationship with todd monk and there is a relationship with matt luke there um they're looking at the overall uh you know what what's best for him is it, even at, outside of football um it, it's this is a you know, you, you, we talk about a lot of time that it's a business decision, but and of course, all recruitments are business decisions. But this is a little bit more. They're looking more in depth. They're 
Texas being uh, four and six does isn't really going to eliminate them. You know, Ole Miss. You know what? You know they're doing well, but you know their type of offense. Kiffin's running. It's not really going to eliminate them. He's going to look at the whole thing that uh, everything that's going on and, and make the best decision for him, whether it's Ole Miss, Alabama, Georgia, or Texas. Yeah, I don't, and I I just don't think you can ever count out Alabama, especially in a, a high profile recruitment like that as well. But you know, when you talk about Arch Manning, and when it comes comes down to things, he's just going to be one of the most well informed because he played. You know, he's he's the relative of some of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, so he's going to know uh, all the ins and outs of recruiting, and you can just bet that it's going to make an informed decision, but. Buster Faulkner as well as someone who's been uh, crucial in Arch Manning's recruitment. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, there, like you said, Georgia's got a good staff this year, but there's going to be people, especially if you win a national championship, that come calling and write and try to pluck some of those guys away. Can you keep a Buster Faulkner who's there on a, on an analyst type role and things like that? You know, uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how stuff happens there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think Buster's sitting there. Uh, just waiting on Todd Munkin to go. Uh, as soon as Todd Munkin goes, it, it's kind of a um, it, it's it's built just like Alabama was. They got guys that are uh, analysts, and then they slide guys in, and then they hire new analysts, and they slide those guys in, and they hire new analysts a year in a year out, and they got basically fifteen twenty on the field coaches on staff just ready to slide guys in. So uh, I think Buster is one of those guys who's just sitting there patiently waiting on that position to open but he's he is he's playing a huge role for georgia right now especially with the quarterbacks no doubt uh dgd 1994 what is the deal with canoe and kojo um hero canoe he visited a couple weeks ago kojo i just don't see him ending up at georgia honestly uh, are there any wide receivers other than preston uh, left that are highly rated that they could land. I think other than Preston Luther Burden, in, in my opinion, is your best bet to try to flip him. I think Andre Green, I think that ship has sailed. Um, and, you know, don't know uh, really about – I think Georgia either goes to the portal to get one if they don't get Shaz Preston, or maybe it's a name uh, like a Caleb Webb from McEachern or somebody that just climbs up the, the ranks uh, that Georgia ends up taking in the class. Yeah, I don't think uh... – the two the two guys to begin I, I don't see at georgia right the second um uh i think they're gonna they're, they're trying to they're get, trying to get a true playmaker out wide and it, i think it's either preston uh luther burden or uh they just hold tight where they're at and uh test their luck in the portal because like i said there is guys going to be available in the portal there's going to be some good guys available in the portal because of all the, the the coaching turnover so uh you, you can you can you know, test your luck there rather than, you know, taking a flyer on on somebody else. So I think they'll hold that spot, you know, uh, for the portal. No doubt. And we've talked about Shamar James winding up. I think he winds up at Georgia right now, but you never can count out Alabama, especially with him being a mobile guy uh, that, you know, who knows, the, the SEC championship can end up being uh, in, in, an important deal there in terms of just trends with programs and things like that. Uh, Kilo Braun, how are we feeling with Ernest Green, Vic Burley, and A.J. Harris? We've already talked about A.J. Harris. I think he's a slight lean to Georgia maybe, but North Carolina and Clemson, schools like that, definitely pursuing hard. Alabama pursuing him hard as well. Vic Burley, 
Uh, Trent, you probably know more about Vic th- th- than I do. I know Warner Robbins is going to be playing Cartersville this weekend, so that'll be an opportunity to see him against a, a very quality opponent there. And then Ernest Green, I feel like Ernest Green is is uh, you know Georgia's to lose at this point. Uh, you know we'll see if Ohio State is able to make another run and things like that. But I feel like Georgia's in a great position with Ernest Green. Yeah, uh, I feel the same way. Uh, Ernest Green, I, th- I feel like. You know, Georgia's still sitting at that pole position there. Uh, A.J. Harris is, uh, you know, Georgia's Georgia's uh, has done a great job there. I think they're they're sitting uh, near the top there, but this has got a long ways to go. And uh, Vic, you know, he's he's. I think I think Georgia's looking at him hard. I think they're going to uh, continue to evaluate that position. Um, but Vic Vic is a guy that Georgia uh, really likes, and we'll we'll see where that is moving forward. I know Vic is very interested in Georgia as well, so. Um, and then Overton reclassifying. I, um, uh, I, believe I wouldn't hold yet. your breath I, on yeah, it. I don't, I don't think that's happening just yet. If, if it does, uh, I'll be surprised. And then, uh, DGD 1994 said, When will Singletary commit? I think it'll be somewhere, you know, between now and the SEC championship. I don't see him waiting until uh, signing day just to sign. He could, but you know, I, I think Singletary before. The SEC championship will probably pull the trigger on that if things stand uh, currently where we expect with uh, Georgia. But, uh, Trent, any parting thoughts here before we uh, sign off? You don't have that commit story wrote yet, Singletary? Hey, I, <laughs> you know, we got we got some in the bank, man, but uh, we'll, we'll see what we'll see what happens. No, I just think I just think Georgia's, you know, they're, they're sitting at what, 20, 23, 23 commits and uh, it. They're, they're and they're still in for four or five top guys, and I think you're going to see Georgia push for uh, maybe four or five more spots in this class to get to maybe 27 and and hold you know four or five spots for the transfer portal because you're going to have a lot of guys available in that transfer portal, and I'm not sure they're going to push their numbers in the class when when they know that there's going to be some availability in the portal, and might be some positions of need for uh, guys like a Darion Kendrick that can come in and. Uh, to fill a spot immediately because this Georgia defense is going to be young next year and uh, they're going to need some spots. So, well, and I think it being the first year with that seven rule, the seven extra rule because of the transfers and all that, everybody's going to see how that works, right? Because we all think that we know, but I'm sure there's some caveats and some things that are going to take place that, that, uh, you know, It'll make Kirby smart, you know, look like he he's staring at one of those reporters with, you know, five heads over there when uh, when he they ask him a question, he'll be looking at him with a weird way of being like, Well, you don't really understand how it goes and there's more that goes into it than what you're I, I'm, asking. I'm sure there's gonna be reports like, Did you ask those seven guys to transfer out of your program? So Yeah. absolutely so uh that is our show here tonight georgia recruiting rumors versus facts on the uga sports youtube channel do us a favor hit the like button it doesn't cost you anything just hit that thumbs up button we appreciate if you would do that also subscribing it's free subscribe here on youtube and turn on notifications so you get uh anytime that we go live on the uga sports youtube channel whether it's jim donnan show on tuesdays at 12 with roddy we've got around the league with brent and dane and jim donnan on thursdays of course our show here on mondays so we really appreciate you joining us to talk uga football recruiting we'll be back with more uh on on next monday and of course i'll be uh covering the recruits and putting a photo gallery out of who shows up to visit on saturday so so for uh trent smallwood i'm blaine gilmer and we will catch you next monday on georgia recruiting rumors versus facts here on ugasports.com